0: Hello and welcome to Warrior Divas, Real Talk for Real Women. This is your host, Angie Lee Monroe, and in the studio with me today, I have Connie Wyatt Coleman with me. She is a dear friend of mine. She has a long lineage of... of expertise that she brings to the table but more importantly she is a woman that's after Christ's heart and ferociously runs after him every day of her life. So I cannot wait to see we we talked a little bit about how this show may go and then we said, "You know what? We just need to have one of our talks on the air." So that's what we're doing today. Welcome, Connie.
1: Good to be here. Good
0: to be here. Rules
1: of engagement. No throat punches today.
0: No throat punches, but that's what we do when we get together, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, and you know what? I have treasured it. Very few friends will take um, friendship and allow accountability with it, and we've had a, a long history of being able to love each other and hold each other accountable at the same time.
0: We have, and, you know, it's one of those things that we have laughed together we have cried together. Yes. We have been mad together. <laughs> we have um watched our children grow together. When Amazing. we met, I didn't have grandchildren and now I do. Wow. That, isn't that crazy? And they're big. They're 6. Getting so, to see them
1: today. They're, yeah, big they're and big.
0: beautiful. So, you know, it's it's crazy. All the cho- all the things that have happened. Your girls have grown up, gone through high school. One's about to get married, yes. you know. And
1: and praise the Lord, she has not been a bridezilla.
0: Oh goodness, <laughs> so, that is a praise the Lord.
1: Yes, I will take it.
0: In this day and age, with everything going on in the world, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kind of puts some things in perspective. Yeah, it puts things in perspective for us. So I'm glad to hear all that's going good in all of our lives but you know we also know that not everybody's doing good with things going on in the world it doesn't have to do with if you're hearing this and listening to this in the middle of the coronavirus thing it doesn't even have to do with that some people just have a hard time getting by day by day life
1: on this earth is just hard (laughs) right it just is
0: (laughs) i um watched a video Last night, somebody had a lady in a pantry. She was singing the song, Jolene. But instead of singing it, please don't take my man, it says, please come and take my man. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, and if you don't answer, I'll have to call Irene. (laughs) And so I know this affects people in a humorous way. It affects people in an angry way. It affects people in a lonely way. And one of the things we like to do on Warrior divas is just shine a light into that darkness and so you can see a way out. and we were talking last night in one of our studies in um, John where you know that where there was a challenge to the to the apostles to be that light and to continue to live that light out not to expose but that 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 fear and evil could not reside in the light and truth truth is the way truth is the light mm-hmm. and so you know i i started thinking what are some of the ways that i could poke and prod connie to open up the truth of christ to <laughs> to the audience today you know cuz it cause doesn't
1: she, take a whole lot <laughs> doesn't take a
0: whole lot um If you get to follow her on Facebook, she shares some little morning devotionals on there quite often that are very good, packed, powerful, very easy to read. And that's not an easy task for someone who is as educated as she is to speak the commoner's language that I can read (laughs) and understand. I I, I love it. All these people getting on and sharing their messages on Facebook and all that stuff. And they're Mm -hmm. using all these big words. And I'm like... Okay, I didn't know I was going to have to break out a dictionary and a thesaurus to figure (laughs) out what this person's saying. I just want it to be relevant. And that's something that Connie does every time she shares.
1: In this season, haven't you, there's been a lot of of ugly, and we'll address some of that Mm -hmm. later. But there's been such an influx of creativity and people. Oh, yeah letting their light shine like you're talking right. about and and even people that maybe didn't before coming on and just time and time again using all different ways of creativity to make it through this season to encourage other people to love on others mm-hmm. with social distancing in place but right you know just some real creative ways to intentionally reach out to each other
0: well you know and it's The what it was at the Dallas Orchestra performed yesterday for the first time together since the beginning of March, and they did it all from their own living rooms and did it online together. You know, what a wonderful way of you know, right now, one of the things that this is teaching us is how to push through limitations. What a great! Think you're telling me i can't do this but i'm gonna find a way to still be relevant in the world i live in yes and yes. what a great thing for all of us
1: wow yes personally and professionally i know um, my staff i'm ceo at wise choices resource center in pregnancy resource center in decatur and just getting together with the staff on zoom and going okay We know what the box is. We know what our limitations are. We know what we can do safely and what we can't within the guidelines and protocol. But, okay, now, step outside the box. How can we continue to reach our clients, to reach our partners in ways we haven't thought of before? That would be sustainable, really, even after this season is over. Because there's the good news. This season will eventually be over.
0: Well, and while we're recording this today in the studio, we're actually recording this on Good Friday. We are. And the reason I kind of wanted to do that is it's a part of the time that we're in our darkest hour. We're, it's actually between the 12 and 3 p.m. our time. I know that's not the time it is in, in Jerusalem, but our time, this would be the time that was the darkest of the dark days going into Easter weekend it's Friday it's Friday but you know what Sunday's Sunday's coming coming. and we have the benefit of hindsight to see that but you know what Jesus had the foresight to prepare his disciples before that so that they wouldn't have to live in fear so they wouldn't have to they could see hope at the end
1: you know, I think the thing that gets me is how quickly we judge them. Mm-hmm. It's like he tried to tell you. He tried to <laughs> like tell <multiple> you. Like multiple times. <laughs> yeah. But then I look at myself. Right. And how many times has he fully told me, and we have full revelation of Scripture. Right. How many times has he shown me the plan and that he will not leave us, he will not forsake us. He he is coming again. and he is victorious and we have the whole counsel of scripture and yet we still back up in fear and we still wonder and doubt in the middle of the season if if what he said's true and if it will hold true so it's real easy to look at peter and go well how could you deny him right well connie how can you live in fear and deny the power he has in your life?
0: Well, we were talking about, uh, we read the the gospel of John in our group Bible study yesterday. And one of the things that we read about was right after that, where Peter, you know, had denied him three times. But when Jesus made it so important to go and see yes. his apostles multiple times after He after he had risen... And there's the one occasion where he's talking with Peter. And he's telling, asking Peter over and over, do you love me? Mm. And Peter's saying, yes. And do you love me? Yes. And do you love me? Yes. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. And the, I think the reason Jesus is asking him that is to get Peter to say yes to him but also for Peter to hear Jesus say that I love you. Get it sunken into Peter's head. Peter's kind of like my six-year-old grandson. You got to repeat it a few times (laughs) for it to sink in. And sometimes you might have to... Inflect your voice a little more than you really need to. You know, it's that moonstruck snap out of it moment. <laughs>
1: Forget the six year old. God has to do that to me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Walking through a situation just this last week, and I was just like, Lord, I could really use the cliff notes at this point.
0: Right. <laughs> right.
1: One other chapter. Just. Whew, let's let's get some cliff notes here. But
0: Well, one of the other things we talked about in our study this week in our Warrior Divas Facebook group, and if you're not a part of it, you should be a part of it because we're starting to do more and more studying in there. And it. because we're on a mission to equip and empower uh, not just our generation of women, but women that are coming but behind us. Yes. You know, we want yes. it to be a legacy project. And so... Um, One of the things we were discussing this week in there was how the Roman soldiers and Pilate Mm -hmm. and Herod, they had no clue as to what the scriptures said. So when those Roman soldiers are at the feet of Jesus about this time of the day and they're casting lots for his garment, they had no idea they were fulfilling prophecy.
2: Yeah.
0: The one that pierced him on the side and didn't break his legs. They had no idea they were fulfilling prophecy.
1: Mm. And yet he realized who it was. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm like you. We kind of talked about this weekend and I can't believe, you know, we're, we're sitting here right now and you think about all the things that happened on that Friday and just like today, things you never dreamed you would see happen right um, the son of God hung on a cross really uh, his disciples um, deny him uh, I mean Christian people would rather loose Barabbas than Jesus I mean mm-hmm. <laughs> who are we right but then I start thinking about Saturday
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when the sun goes down it's it's the Sabbath right and somehow in the middle of the chaos and the trauma they go back home and even though they don't get it they don't understand it in the middle of the doubt when the hope of their expectation is in the tomb they walk by faith and they cry out to the Lord on the Sabbath and that that Saturday to me has always been I mean, you know how it is when you come through a trauma and, and you get back to your house and you kind of sit down and you kind of start feeling yourself and see if you have, you know, do I have flesh wounds? Um, Did I really survive this day? Did that really happen? And then Saturday, what, what do I even do with this? What do I even really still believe? Where is my heart really? And in that quiet Saturday they still observed the sabbath right they still honored what the what he had been setting in motion for years and i think i think right now is a time to do that you know um i think some of the trauma of this covid thing may be kind of adjusting and now we're moving into okay i've survived the the first part i'm i'm not mortally wounded i'm not bleeding anywhere um, what do I do with today? Right. And that's when we come back and we draw on everything that the Lord has sown into us um, yesterday, the day before, uh, that in His previousness He called us to a season of, of prayer or diving into the Word and if we will but sit still in His presence, He will draw those things out and like you said, give us the hope That Sunday's coming. Sunday Mm -hmm. is going to get here. He is going to fulfill his promises. He is going to draw us out of this. But I just feel like truly, right, right in this season, that man, this is a Saturday season. It feels like.
0: Well, you know, I I think there's some some big truth to the fact of the numbness that you just brought up. You know, when all this first started happening, I know I talked to a lot of people. They're they're like. I've just slept a lot and watched a lot of Netflix. I've basically Netflixed and chilled, <laughs> which I know that there's another slang for that at times. But you know, sleeping and watching TV, sleeping and watching TV. It was a, it was a numbness. It was a shell shock. Mm-hmm. It was a what do I do now? There were some people that haven't slowed down. Our grocery workers, our truckers, our doctors right. and nurses. Those people haven't slowed down our food processing plants, farmers, they all are still showing up every day. And so for me, my husband and I own a plumbing company and our plumbing company, while our residential calls haven't been as much, our commercial calls are still happening because we serve a lot of restaurants, hospitals, food processing plants, right? So for us, life hasn't shifted as much as it has for others. I'm still doing coaching. As a matter of fact, I've had people come and hire me since this happened because now they're shifting to add online to their already brick and mortar business or or whatever it is. So I'm helping them through that transition Mm -hmm. along that ways. So but I, I still had a day or two where I was like, whoa, what is this going to do? And then my sleep schedule got off and all sorts of things. And like the apostles, I had to go, okay, it's time to get up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. I'm kind of like you. I've, I, when this first started, God called me to go to the square there in Indicator, in our small town at seven o'clock every morning and just pray around the square and it was, I thought, just going to be one day. And then when we, when we were there that day, it's like, no, this is every day until this is done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> because I don't leave the house at 645 in the morning on a normal day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of been that kind of thing that God did that made me stay on a schedule. So I do that, and then I go to the office, and I'm the only one there, but, you know, hey, <laughs> right. get get the work done that needs to be done, and then I'm home by two or three. My husband's already retired, so we were kind of already, that's a new normal, so getting used to him being retired and home. And so, yeah, it hasn't changed as much as a lot of people's lives have. But, man, you're right, There's there's some people really adjusting, and, Another thing we've talked about is just the grace Mm -hmm. that, you know, your two days kind of came in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Someone else's reality hit or just, I don't know what you even call those two days, but crash or um, shut down or process. Some of them are hitting
0: over the last couple of days as layoffs are starting to happen.
1: Yes, and there will be some, like my personality is kind of the kind that just gets through it. Mm-hmm. and doesn't really even see things.
0: I'm a trauma triage person.
1: It, it, and, and I'm in it, and then once we get done and it's over and everybody else is all excited about going to work, then then mine will come. Right. But as sisters, we have to be able to embrace each other and and recognize that we do process all that different. And not only that, but whether... One sister isn't as concerned as someone else or as sheltered mm-hmm. in place. I guess that's shelter in place right. is the is more out and about, or another one is more cautious mm-hmm. There's grace for both, right. And instead of bashing each other, man, we can do better. We can support each other, encourage each other and walk through different seasons in different times. Right. And hopefully we're, we do that better than I've seen some. You know, like <laughs> I said earlier, in a lot of ways, you see a lot of amazing creativity and, and intentionality coming out. And then sometimes, wow, you know, fear can either mask itself as overly confident mm-hmm. or as under- confident and and just what we're typically used to seeing fear look at look like and even in either one we have to have grace to come alongside and encourage meet them where they are right that's what jesus did for us it's what he did for peter what you were just talking about Mm -hmm. he met peter right where he was right the typically boisterous peter Mm -hmm. now became the overly cautious peter right and jesus every time And just think, I didn't even think about that. That's just a a number of hours between him being overly confident and slicing the soldier's (laughs) ear off. Right. And a few hours later, he's the other way and denying he even knows him. Right. I never even really thought about that. But just a number of very brief hours that Peter goes through all of that. And yet, the Lord had grace, called him back to truth, but had grace and love and mercy for both extremes.
0: Well, you know, we we were talking in our study this week about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, how they how they were manipulating Pilate so much. You know, and Pilate mm. saw it. He he recognized it. Mm-hmm. And um as we read through each of the gospels, we read, you know, Matthew one day, Mark one day, Luke one day, John one day, and we've got some other verses about the resurrection and, and all of that stuff coming up that we're going to discuss later on today. And the when we were discussing that, I said, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were going to Pilate going, you know, he's, he's stirring things up. And they were pointing at Jesus. Now, all I can think of is when you point at somebody, you got three fingers pointing back at you, right? So they're pointing at Jesus saying he's stirring them up. But in reality, he was stirring their hearts and getting them to see something beyond what the Pharisees and Sadducees were teaching them. Oh,
1: that's when you get in trouble.
0: And therefore,
1: (laughs) they were like,
0: our sheeples (laughs) are not staying in line like we like them to stay in line. And they're starting to want to look behind the curtain, as they say in Oz, you know. (laughs) And... You know, I loved the part where we read last night that Pilate, when he put the plaque over Jesus's head that said the King of Kings, King of the Jews, Jews. you know, and they're like, no, it needs to say he claims to be. They were trying to spin it. I said, they're like the media today. You know, they're always trying to spin it, to put the right words, to get the biggest attention, to get this, to get the things approved, you know, and. And I'm not out here calling fake media. I'm not doing all that stuff because I have some very good friends that are part of the media that do their due diligence. So, you know, I'm not going there. I'm not getting on that bandwagon. But on the other side of and with me being in radio media and <laughs> podcasting, now I am the media. <laughs> now you are it. So, but on the other side of it is... We need to be cautious of the people around us that are stirring things and pointing to others, deflecting to others. We need to have the mindset to look exactly at what is the truth.
1: Yes. And the difficult thing right now is in so many ways, no one knows.
0: No one knows, right. What the
1: truth really is, except you can always know the truth of Scripture. You can always know the truth for the direction of your life, for how to treat others, for how to walk through problems, even if you don't know the truth of whatever problem it is you're facing or whatever the um, disaster, for lack of a better word, is. Because anytime you're walking through one, you don't know the truth of it until you get all the way through it and see. But this is, I mean, this is one... That has uh, shaken the world. Yes. Rightly or wrongly, it has shaken the world. And I don't think we've seen half. Mm -mm. Um, And I don't say that like pessimistically. I don't think the curtains have been pulled back to see the spiritual ramifications of this as much as anything else.
0: Well, I think we talked a little bit, too, and the reason I brought up the Pharisees and the Sadducees, we talked a little bit before we came on the air about um, we need to be very careful about having a religious spirit during this time. I was in a group the other day, and somebody was like, hey, we're going to do a call Friday at 4 or something like that. And somebody on the West Coast is like, well, you know, I'm observing that time reading my Bible because it's good friday and the guy goes well what's good friday you know and somebody said well for those that are religious it's a sacred holiday and let me just tell you all right for those of you that don't know me well i have a sassy side <laughs> <laughs> why are you laughing connie I, excuse me we did mention... i learned it from connie I'm, no <laughs> i
1: i did uh well Ask my husband. He would say, you learn from the best. But (laughs) we did mention no throat punches at the start, so I think that might have given a
0: clue. (laughs) Right, right. So, but in that group, when the person said, for religious people, in my right part of my mind, I knew she meant no offense to it. But in my sassy part of my mind, Mm -hmm. I wanted to say, well, I'm not religious, but as a Christian, I observe because to me, there's a difference. Huge. There is a difference in being a Christ follower and full of grace. Because what we talked about earlier with Jesus talking to Peter, he was talking to Peter after Peter had denied him three times. And he was asking Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Helping Peter rehabilitate his own heart and his own guilt over the denial of Christ, he was having that intimate moment with him. You know how we we do we talk about my six six year old grandson the other day you grab him by the face, you put hands on either side of their face to where their cheeks are just squished up just right, and you go, "Do you understand me you know and that i I can envision in verbal picture that's what Jesus was doing with Peter, you know, yes, you've made mistakes. Yes, you are a zealous person, but I want you to be zealous for my people.
1: Yes. Big difference.
0: Big difference. Feed my sheep. Tend to my sheep. Mm-hmm. Love my sheep. And being religious about whether or not they're going to church and trusting God for a miracle to heal them and keep them safe and all that. <sighs> It's exhausting being self-righteous. <laughs> uh,
1: and you know what's funny is we can all go there so fast. Because, I mean, let's admit it, black and white is way easier. You know? Um, it's just easier. It is. Uh, and the Sadducees and Pharisees were very black and white, very legalistic. They had it down to a science. Um, but, wow, how they could get it wrong. Right. They could get it wrong. And that just, to me, just goes to prove how easy it is to get off track. They knew the word. Right. If anybody knew the word, they knew the word. Right. They didn't have the spirit. They had the religion, not the relationship.
0: And here's the thing that really, really gets me. They knew the word. They knew the prophecy. And watching those soldiers go were to the two on either side of Jesus and breaking their legs, but not breaking Jesus' leg and piercing him in the side instead, you wonder if they're looking at that going, whoa.
1: I think they looked at it and said, this is fixing to mess up our deal.
0: Right. Because at the same, about the same time, they're casting the lots. Yeah. too. Both of those were fulfillment of prophecies by people that were not prophetic people to fill, were not people of studying of the word, you know, and one of the things I talked early on in the week about was um, Judas,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. you know, we call him Judas the traitor, (laughs) but he was the first domino to fall in setting the prophecy in motion, yeah. Yes, Jesus knew it was all coming, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but for it to happen, those 30 pieces of silver had to be exchanged. They did.
1: They did. We don't like to think of a life that includes um, being...
0: Broken, bitter, and betrayed.
1: Well, that works. (laughs) I was looking for one word, but that works. Yeah, the betrayal. Betrayal. Right. You know, and and we get all out of, been out of shape when it happens to us. And prayerfully, we're not doing it to others. But, man, we've got a life on a really, really tough planet to try to walk out. And while he promised us he would lead the way and he would never forsake us, he did not promise us that it was going to be a simple walk. Or a simple um, journey. And to think that a betrayal was what kicked off the prophecies is uh, just kind of telling.
0: Well, you know, a friend of mine shared something last night. We talked about the, the being laid off of work. You know, there's I've had several friends over the last few days have posted that they've been laid off work. And some of them are taking it very well you know, God's got something better, but some of them are feeling like a betrayal of their employer or the government, or even if they work for a friend of theirs, the friend, you know, but one of the things that, um, she, a friend of mine, uh, Catherine Clift shared was she remembers her husband when he used to do his daily live worship podcasting, um, said that God doesn't demote he promotes and God is always faithful and I was like what a great reminder mm-hmm. to all of us no matter what we're facing some of us may be still stuck on Friday still and yeah. and you know now dealing with the numbness of Saturday but Sunday is still coming yeah it is and you know I I <laughs> One of the things I loved yesterday in reading from John, you know, I I found something new I liked from each of the Gospels. You know, Luke really was great as well. But John, when he, he, we call him the narcissist of the Gospels. (laughs)
1: The one who Jesus loves.
0: The one who Jesus loves. But there's a reason. (laughs) I mean, one of the things that that I found yesterday in the scripture that I'd not really picked up on is it said, um... Well, let me find it. I've got it right here. And I say, I've got it right here. And Jesus was looking down. It says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, Clopa, whatever. Sounds good to me. And Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, <laughs> He said to her, "Woman, here is your son," and to the disciple, "Here is your mother." From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Why would Why wouldn't John think he was the favorite? <laughs> Jesus just gave him the blessing of his mother, yeah. and gave John the honor of stewarding her to the end of her days. Yeah. I would, I would think I was the favorite too, wouldn't you?
1: Well, um, yeah, but also that comes with a price. It does. He was the only disciple still standing around the cross watching all this happen to right. the one he loved. Right. So, again, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm Jesus' favorite. He loves me best. Right. Will I follow him? Right. On Friday. Well, and John, Saturday, right, and, and John Sunday.
0: finished strong. Yeah. Jesus,
1: an even better question: survive Friday,
0: mm-hmm.
1: love Saturday, mm-hmm. rejoice on Sunday. What are we going to do with Monday and Tuesday? Right. I mean, really, you get through the battle, you survive it, you rejoice, and you see the victories, and you see what the Lord has done for you. Then what are you going to do? Go back to how you were living on Wednesday and Thursday? Right. I I mean. What are we going to do with it come Monday and Tuesday? Are we going to forget about it and just.
0: A week earlier they thought they were at the top of the world. And now their world is totally shattered at their feet.
1: And so question to all of us. So we've had coronavirus. Still do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not at all downplaying the suffering whether it's health wise financially emotionally that people are going through but we will survive it right what are we going to do with it what are we going to do on Monday that carries the victory that Jesus paid the price for and that we're going to celebrate on Sunday what are we going to do on the Monday after coronavirus right where will our loyalty and our, and our walk and our faithfulness be then?
0: Well, and to be quite honest, if you look at the beginning of the 1900s, we had World War I, mm-hmm. we had the Spanish flu, we had the Great Depression, we had World War Two, all before 1950.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: That's a lot to pack into a 50-year period.
1: Oh, it's a lot.
0: And so we as Americans... Mm-hmm. You know, even though we're heard in other countries as well, we as Americans, our country has seen difficult times. We have come through difficult times. Yeah,
1: that's the time known as the greatest generation. Right. Can't even believe.
0: What if now is the beginning of the next mm-hmm. greatest generation? It can be. It can be. But the choice is ours. Yep. What do we want it to be? One of the things that we talked about in, I think it was Matthew, that just struck me so solidly is um, when the Jews were saying, crucify Jesus, crucify Jesus, and Pontius Pilate was w- wanting to wash his hands of it, they were like, his blood is on our hands and the hands of our children. You know, it's, it's apparent the things we do today are the things that our children reap the benefits or the consequences of. It's, it's just a known fact. So what is it that we, what is the legacy we want to live?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I was, um, blessed the other day to be able to record a message for a conference coming up for Heartbeat International and just a little seven minute kind of like a tech, TED talk and the topics had been picked way back, I don't know, last September probably and it's it's so funny how God worked it out because I had submitted a topic for a workshop but they had asked me to do this talk on a different topic and they got crossed and so What they actually did was put in the, all the paper, all the promotional stuff that I was doing my seven minute TED talk and it was a different title. (laughs) And I, you know, in my fleshly, I was like, well, I can make this work. I can make that title work with the message I already know I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Well, the title of the message was living out a God sized dream. Mm. And I kept trying to make it work with uh, a message on. I'm not just going to be brutally honest on walking in your authority. Right. Well, you can make the two kind of coincide, <laughs> except when the Lord wants a fresh word. Right. And yeah, that and then you want the cliff notes, and He doesn't do that. And so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you kind of go through it and go. I'm like, Lord, in the m- middle of everything that's going on. You really want me to speak about living out a God-sized dream. <laughs> really. <laughs> um, I don't really, well, it'll be virtual, so they can't throw anything at me. So this is a good This is a good
0: thing. Right.
1: Um, but he just, he took me, totally off where we are, but took me to Solomon. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, that he asked for understanding and discernment and judgment. And God wrapped it up in a nice-sized bow and called it Wisdom. Mm -hmm. And said, for that, I will give you also wealth and honor. And I kept studying that message. I'm like, I just don't get it. I I mean, A, who am I to ask for a God-sized dream in the middle of all this? And B, I don't even know what to ask for if I did. Right. And I got to, I think it's 1 Kings chapter 3, got to verse 15, and it says, Then Solomon awoke. (laughs) And I was like, awoke? Wait a minute. You go back to verse 5, and it says, Solomon was in Gibeon, which is a place he shouldn't have been, Mm -hmm. in darkness at night, which is kind of where a lot of people feel we are right now. Right. And God came to him in a dream.
0: Hmm.
1: So all the things that that we remember that Solomon recounted his lineage of, from David and from God's promises and everything that's been sown into him. We aren't smart
0: enough. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> we aren't good enough. And if we really do want to live out a God-sized dream, it really can start
0: now. Right. And, and it's just having the conversation with God to know what his size dream is, yes, because that's we can't
1: it's not about us dreaming a dreaming a dream and saying, "Hey God, will you please bless this It's about us coming awake and letting him teach us what he's already sown into us, you know whether it's our setup or our hang ups or whatever it is he's already sown it into us.
0: And when God speaks things into us, he sometimes speaks things into us that you may not even know is a possibility.
1: Yeah. Just because in... um...
0: I was thinking about Noah. Yeah. Noah builds an ark (laughs) because the earth's going to be flooded and it's never rained on the planet earth up until that point. (laughs) I mean, no wonder people were calling him weird and crazy and all sorts of things. But it rain had never fallen on the earth before, and he's building this thing that's supposed to float and supposed to do all this stuff. So God will call you to do things that other people may look at and go, why are you doing that? That's crazy.
1: And chances are, if it's a God-sized dream, they're going to do that because, let me find it. It's Ephesians 3 with my 20 says now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we can ask, think, or imagine yeah well I can dream up a lot of really cool stuff to do (laughs) but God can do beyond any of that according to the power that works Within us. It's all about his power, his spirit working through us and us following where he leads. In this season, in good season, in difficult season. Right. And I guess there's a question for us. It's Friday. Sunday's coming. Right. We're kind of on Saturday where it's kind of a still in between what are we going to do at that time if we really are supposed to shelter in place and a lot of us are home more and have more time on our hands what are we doing i mean now's an you want to start a god-sized dream
0: well you know i heard a new i i i I, (laughs) I heard a new episode of tiger kings coming out on easter sunday (laughs) I'm that joking. Is, that is. I, there is one coming out on Sunday, but that's not endorsement of it. made me twitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that did. That's not an endorsement by any means. I'm just saying, that you know. I twitch. <laughs> How many people are more excited about that than the yeah. fact that the tomb is empty on Sunday?
1: Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. spoiler. You
0: just spoiled uh, that for Yeah, everybody. I just yeah. spoiled it. I've read the book. I've read the ending. <laughs> read the ending, that's right. <laughs> but truly,
1: you know, if we have a little extra time and you know, I I know a lot of your listeners are love the Lord and are living some amazing amazing lives and dreams and ways of I've tuned on enough to to see the different ways they help their communities and mm-hmm. each other and I mean, just some amazing women on here just going to say, what are we doing with this time? What if we really did, let's just call it Saturday, and we spent the season of Saturday Mm -hmm. letting him awaken us to what he wants to do next?
0: You know, I'm going to throw my husband under the bus For a minute, just because he's not in here, and I can do that. But early on in our marriage, you know, we would say some things like a lot of married couples do. We we may say some things that maybe some of us have been married a while do too. But it's a whole different show. Yeah, that's a whole (laughs) different topic. And Um, you need a different expert. (laughs) That we say stuff to each other that we say in the heat of the moment. That we wish we could have taken back because it does cause hurt it does cause pain it does cause strife but there was this phrase that my husband said to me one time early on in our marriage we were having marital difficulties and he said i love you but i'm not sure i'm in love with you and that was rough don't get me wrong We've gone to counseling. We've been married 27 years now, almost 28 years now. Uh We, we got over it. He, and he is still alive. It's, I'm still married to the same husband, you know, but the other part of it was me asking myself on a regular basis, do I love the Lord or am I in love with the Lord? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Because. When you love somebody, you're like, hi bye, I love you. I mean, I've told the cashier love you bye before, you know. <laughs> but when you're in love with somebody, you want to spend time with them. Mm-hmm. You want to know what makes them happy. You want to do things for them that make them happy. You want to find a way for y'all to live your lives completely together. Yep. And that's a huge difference. Yeah. And where I took offense to Mike saying that to me so many years ago, I'm thankful now that he said that to me because I've had to dig deep and I've had to ask myself that question as, am I living my life as if I'm in love with Christ or am I living it as if I'm a love you bye?
1: True. Man, that's true.
0: Oh, sorry, I huge. thought we weren't going to do any throat punches today.
1: Huge, <laughs> huge difference. You know, yeah, it's it's a difference in looking for his hand and looking in his face. Just that simple. You sit down to study your word to see what he can do for you, or you sit down to study his word to hear his heart right. and, and see him face to face. It, it, it'll change your life forever.
0: Well, there's, there's been times the more and more I get into the word, you know, used to, I'd read the word and I'd write in my little journal and I'd put, it have a whole lot of my thoughts in that journal. (laughs) (laughs) And I was super smart. Yeah. I was good at what I was doing. Right. But then the other part of it, is what I started realizing was when I was starting to write things in my journal, questioning things, Mm -hmm. normally it was questioning motives of my heart. It was questioning how willing I was to walk with God, how big I was willing to dream with Him, Mm -hmm. how if I could discipline myself in this area, ooh, I hate that word, discipline myself in this area, that he would open up this area for me, you know? And the more disciplined I became, the more the doors were opening. And I'm not talking about religion and law. I'm talking about being disciplined to be more in tune with him and his calling. Walking the street in the neighborhood, not as a hooker. Yeah, okay. Walking the street in my neighborhood. (laughs) She is dying laughing at me right now. (laughs) Hey, Jesus loved hookers too. Anyway. (laughs) That's a different show too. Oh, yeah. But walk in my neighborhood street, even if we're not able to be within the six feet with each other, I can still share a smile. I can still share a hello. I can touch bases with people. In in our Facebook group the other day, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we have a neighborhood Facebook group, right? And here's my thing. There is a church song we used to sing back in the olden days. They don't sing it so much because we sing so much contemporary now, you know, in my church. But back, I don't even think I've ever sung this in the church I go to now. Woo, that was a rabbit trail. Anyway, um, <laughs> the song, you They Will Know We Are Christians by Our Love. Yep. All right. Well, if not you're having our intelligence, not. not by your intelligence, not by me telling you I'm a Christian, because mm. if you're having to tell me,
1: okay.
0: then I probably wouldn't have never known it from your actions. You mean
1: not by all the. Oh, <coughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they won't know it by all
0: the things we don't do. Right. The um, somebody in our Facebook group post the other day was in our Facebook group for our neighborhood was posting about their next door neighbor. Right? Not one of the neighbors in the almost 300 homes in our neighborhood, their next door neighbor. (laughs) And was mad because their next door neighbor had called City out on them because their trash cans had been in front of their yard and was mad that they had called the police instead of coming over and having the decency to knock on their door and have the conversation. And all this stuff. And so they put and it on Facebook. So they put it on Facebook and then said in there several times, and I'm a Christian and da da, da and all this stuff. I'm like, you're making it worse. No, you're a religious person. Just, please don't. <laughs> please, please don't tell anyone that you're a Christian. Just please don't. And then the other part is is we wanted to tell them to well, couldn't you have gone next door and had the conversation
1: <laughs> to <laughs> No. They're a Christian. <laughs>
0: No, they're a Christian. They, they, everybody should cater to them. Uh, you yeah. know?
1: Yeah. You know, my favorite along those lines, <laughs> if you talk to any waitress.
0: Oh, you're about <laughs> to push a button here.
1: <laughs> the, the time they hate to wait on tables the most is when the rude people come in after church on Sunday because they're very rude, they're very demanding, and they do not tip.
0: No, they leave little pamphlets and little business cards with Jesus Loves You on it. And they don't tip their server. They're also probably the ones that don't tithe well at church either. I'm just, I'm not judging. I'm not (laughs) judging. I'm just putting it out there. We can do better. (laughs) We can do better. Because here's the thing. Once the Sunday came, you know, I love... I keep going back to John because not because it's the freshest, but because he was just more in tune with the behind the scenes, the things that most people don't talk about in he his just version liked being of it. The favorite. I, well, I relate to him really well because <laughs> <laughs> I'm everybody's favorite. But um, <laughs> but John, whenever he runs to the tomb, he stops and looks in. But in true Peter fashion, John notes Shh. that Peter runs straight in, right? So. Peter's in there. John's in there. They go back. Mary's telling the other disciples all this stuff. By now, she's seen Jesus. She's had a conversation. Mm-hmm. But you know, when she went and talked to Peter and John, she was trembling. She was wondering. She was she was upset. It didn't really say she was fearful, but she was upset. Mm-hmm. But by the time she broke the news to the rest of the disciples, she was elated. Yeah. She had seen Jesus.
1: I mean. when you are in a terrifying situation and even now if it's in your spirit, hers was audibly. You hear the Savior call out your name. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It doesn't get any better. It calms you instantly. it, It fires you up instantly. It verifies everything you've ever... Thought he's sewn into you before, or told you before, and that's all it took was for the man she was in love with, the teacher, the savior she was in love with, not just love distance, distantly, mm-hmm. to just in the craziness of the moment call out
0: Mary. Well, I think I think it, for me. You know, people are like, oh, you just like that it was a woman and you're into women empowerment and all that stuff. I said, there is so much more to this than that. I said, here's the thing. Mary had seven demons cast out of her. She had already seen what she thought was impossible become possible. Yes. Who better for Jesus to show himself to? Oh, yeah. Somebody who was already primed and ready to see what they believed was once impossible.
1: Uh-huh. I mean, how
0: cool is that? I love it. You know,
1: I feel like I'm that person every now. And then.
0: <laughs> I mean, my husband thinks I'm that person every now. And then. Which demon am I talking? The angry one. <laughs> <laughs> Not that person. But the, one, the one Derailed. that, the,
1: that has uh, lived less than. Mm -hmm. chosen daughter of the king and has heard his voice call me to himself and has forgiven and redeemed and restored and allowed my place of deepest wounding to become his place to show off what he can do right I totally identify with what you just said
0: Well, we have to take a quick break because, you know, they like for the commercials to run here to pay for our radio time slot and all of that. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive into what happens from Sunday and beyond. Hey, this is Angie Lee Monroe of the Warrior Divas Show, broadcasting live each Tuesday, 11 a.m. Central, from Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas. Log in to hear real talk with real women that will empower and equip you to make a more powerful impact in the world. Each Tuesday, 11 a.m. Central, on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Hey, this is Angie Lee Monroe of a leading moment show broadcasting live each Thursday, 10 a.m. Central from the Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas. Log in to hear amazing people share their stories of resiliency in business and life. Hear how their leading moment can inspire your leading moment. Log in each Thursday, 10 a.m. Central on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. All right. And we are back with Connie Wyatt Coleman. And we are having some great conversation. We've talked a little bit about Friday and Saturday and leading up to that. And we've talked a little bit about Sunday. But, you know, one of the things that, as we were talking about Jesus appearing to Mary and then to his disciples, a lot of times it would have made more sense, if you look at it, If he would have gone, from today's standard of people, gone back and shown himself to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Pilate, and gone, can't keep me down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back. (laughs) Coming to America. (laughs) I don't know where we're going. I'm... (laughs) coming out (laughs) we have jumped the shark now but you know he in my mind that's who I would have shown myself to you thought you could keep me down boom you know and a lot of times today we see that in people in today's society I was down this is my comeback I'm you know you know so and so said this about me, and I defeated that, and I've made myself this because of that. You had made yourself squat. This is true. <laughs>
1: this is true. <laughs> there is no self-made nothing. Um, except self-made mess.
0: I make those all the time. Uh, there's a doctor of theology, that a friend of mine that had a post up yesterday and um, he says some of y'all aren't going to like this. It's Dr. Mike Brown and I really don't care. (laughs) Well there
2: you have it.
0: He says before I say what needs to be said I acknowledge the sacrifice and work of American people attempting to do all we can do to mitigate the virus. There has been cooperation, sacrifice, adaptation, and behavior modification, which are commendable and noteworthy and exemplary. I love my country and its people. Having acknowledged all that, well, here we go again, claiming all our hard work and sacrifices, beginning to turn this virus around. Just heard on TV how impressive we have been in lowering the projective death tolls. Meanwhile, men and women of God who are battling in the spirit against this, calling millions to prayer and sounding trumpet for repentance, a return to the Lord and a humble petition for his deliverance are mocked and castigated. See, I can learn big words and lampooned as antiquated flat earth fools. Believers who are praying, fasting, and calling out to God are patted on the head like little ignorant trolls that must be tolerated until their kind will eventually be absorbed by the globalist monolith. With all of this sublime and superior wisdom. See, he's one of my people that writes some big words that I have a hard time with at times. So, you know, he's he says, quit claiming God's glory for ourselves, lest through our own arrogance we inform him we can handle these problems on our own romans one twenty one through 22 because that when they knew god they glorified him not as god neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened professing themselves to be wise they became fools god forgive us remember us and deliver us you are our refuge and our strong tower forever and ever wow so my that's, I thought that that's so was good. thought that was a good deep word for us to sit with because you know, even the disciples could have done, gone, have you seen my Jesus? at <laughs> there. He did this, and then he was boom, then he was back, and whoa, you know.
1: Well, and leave it to Peter. He kind of did. Right. <laughs> Not in those terms. Right. Not in his own strength.
0: Right. But
1: after Jesus was on earth, and after he showed himself to the people, and after he transcended that's when, that's when Peter walked in, and the power and, and anointing fell. And I mean, yeah, right. he, he was—he might not have done it with the mic drop, right? <laughs> but I mean, he did. He was like just an airdrop. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> this,
1: this Jesus, who y'all killed this is the Jesus who offers you salvation right this is the Jesus who offers you eternal life and spirit had opened up and people could hear truth and understand truth and the huge movement of people coming to understand who Jesus was and what he was here to do just exploded well you know so what are we going to do after Sunday?
0: Well, first off, we we because need to not be like Thomas. <laughs> Poor Thomas. You know, he was the one that, because he hadn't been there and seen Jesus when everybody else did, He he had to touch him and poke his hand into his side mm-hmm. and all that stuff to believe. It doesn't say any of the other disciples did that. So Thomas was a bit morbid. We know that. <laughs> But when when we did this, you know, I love that Jesus, without saying he was omnipresent, showed he was omnipresent in this. Because if Jesus had to come back and said, John called me and told me that you were doubting my, me and who I am, then Jesus would have said it there because John would have written it down. Yeah. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus came in and said, peace be with you. Then said to Thomas, put your finger here. He was letting Thomas that he already knew what Thomas needed to believe. Yeah. We di- He didn't have to articulate that to Jesus. Jesus already knew.
1: And guess what? He knows what each one of us need.
0: Well, okay, so we're going to talk about Christian versus religious again. Uh-oh. If I put out on Facebook or in a group that I have an unspoken prayer request. Yeah. Then if somebody, it, then I, somebody comes to me and tells me that they can't pray for me because they don't know what what I need prayer for because it's unspoken. Why are you trying not to laugh? that 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 they need to know what i need prayer for so they can specifically pray to god for me she's got this look on her face people like she's trying to choke back tears of laughter <laughs> i'm waiting for how you responded <laughs> oh i'm sure i'm sure that wasn't one of those that i held back on the keyboard ones but basically somebody had shared in one of our groups that so-and-so needed prayer no i had shared that so-and-so needed prayer please pray for her and they came back and and it was like three comments of you need to tell us what's wrong so we can pray the right way and ask the holy spirit to intervene intervene the right way and da, da, da. and it was just like boom 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 and mine was very short and to the point we and can more do punch. better. <laughs> we can do better, she keeps saying. <laughs> we can do.
1: I mean, let's be honest. Spiritual abuse takes all forms. It can be a Sadducee or Pharisee smacking somebody over the head with a Bible verse instead of meeting them where they are and loving them and loving them to a new level. And, ladies, let's just say it it can be women. Uh who mask prayer as gossip
0: beauty shop prayer prayer circles
1: yeah god does not need you to know the details in order to sit down and say dear heavenly father (laughs) jesus help my friend they need you they're crying out to you you know what they need and i know you're able right amen right I don't need to know the details. There is
0: nothing about my prayers that can really do it. It's just us petitioning together.
1: Let's take it a step further.
0: It's obedience.
1: If you need to know the details, the Holy Spirit is able to quicken your heart on what to pray for. Right. You you don't have to. You just don't have to. Right. I, I can't tell you how many times that I have heard... Prayer meetings turn into gossip sessions because we cannot just simply say, hey, so and so needs your prayer. In order for people to really truly pray fervently, we think they need to know the detail that, <laughs> you know, because her husband this and her daughter that and her son did the other. And right. he, that's a failure on Christians, brothers, and sisters to take prayer requests. To the Lord seriously. And it's a failure on our part. To abuse each other. With gossip. When there's no need for it. If we're truly relying on the spirit to pray. Sorry. You just hit a nerve. (laughs) I cannot stand it.
0: Well. You know. Last year. um, It's interesting. We're coming up on a year. Since. um, My friend Kim. Kim. Passed away, And on the wee morning hours of April 18th, I woke up in the middle of the night. My husband and son were up in Arkansas with my parents. I woke up in the wee mornings of the n- night, and I wrote a letter to her in, in Facebook Messenger, just letting her know how much I loved her, how much I cared for her, how much you know i didn't i didn't know where she was in her medical crisis at that time to if she was even reading things or not mm-hmm. and um i went back to sleep after i wrote that letter it took me a while to go back to sleep but i basically cried myself mm-hmm. to sleep that night after writing that letter and i woke up the next morning and there was a post on her page that said, please pray for my family. I had not verbally talked with my friend in weeks. But I knew that day from that post on her and what God had stirred in my spirit overnight, Mm -hmm. that my friend was soon to answer death's door. I knew it. Yeah. I didn't have to have her pick up the phone and call me. I didn't have to have her daughter pick up the phone and call me. I didn't have to get a text. I didn't have to get a detail about how the body had ravaged her system, the chemo had ravaged her system so much. and did it. I didn't need any of that.
1: You didn't have to comment on the Facebook post and say, tell us what's going
0: on. No, no, <laughs> no. Uh, you Sorry. know, I didn't have to do that no. either. All I had to do, basically, about the time I saw that post, my husband called from Arkansas to tell me that we had lost another loved one in Ohio. That was our third death in, since January, and on his side of the family. And he's trying to talk to me. And as he's talking to me, he can notice that my voice ain't right. <laughs> mm. And I could just go, I, ha- I said, I have this sense that Kim is dying. Mm. And he's like, well, what do you know? I'm like, that she's dying. And he goes, how do you know that? And I'm like, it's just a sense, you know? And it was just, and she was the one that pushed me and challenged me and never wanted me to hang back to what she was called to, but she wanted to be involved into what we were doing. Yes. Right? And so being in tune with her, brought me in tune with God being in tune with God brought me in tune with her okay. um, last week got a post from a cousin in Georgia saw a post from a cousin in Georgia and just saw one of the kids posted please pray for my family instantly I knew what had happened before my husband even got confirmation of what had happened. I instantly knew because I'm connected with that mom yeah. and we have shared our hearts with each other. Yeah. And where to share each other's hearts, the Holy Spirit intervenes to communicate in ways between us that when we don't have the strength or the energy to pick up the phone and make the call, the Holy Spirit can say, Hey, you need to text them. You need to call them. Yes. You need to check on them. And do, do when you find it, that true? Yeah, uh, 100%. Some of us are better at doing it than
1: yeah. others. Yeah. I, I mean, I just yesterday, uh, uh, I mean, I consider him my older brother in right. the faith. Um, and he posts to Facebook almost every morning and. I saw it yesterday morning. He had posted it uh, Wednesday, but I just saw it. and I mean, in the first three or four words, I could hear in his voice that something wasn't right right. and he he was he was absolutely transparent on the post, just that it had been a rough day, and he is, you know walking through this and a pastor friend had passed away. but there was just something deeper it felt like. Mm-hmm. Again, to to your point, I I know his heart, right? Um, and so I just I text, shot him a text real quick, and I'm like, look, I, you know, I know you're trying to navigate all of this, and blah blah blah, and just know, in this moment, right now, I'm praying strength for you. And I almost he texted me back. He said, you know, when I posted that yesterday, I had this, just this feeling just this over was overcome with it he said little did i know by 10 o'clock last night or the night that he posted that deal Mm -hmm. by 10 o'clock that night his father had passed away
0: oh my goodness
1: he got the call he was able to get there and he had about an uh, an hour with his father but that Mm -hmm. he didn't he didn't have to outside of that post say anything else was going on I had no clue his dad had been sick again right Um. but I just knew after hearing his voice that he needed encouragement mm-hmm. had no clue anything else that had transpired didn't need to
0: know right didn't need to know
1: just needed to know that I was reaching out for him so, we can do what do we do after Sunday we, yeah when
0: we God live puts, life yes. with people
1: and when God puts somebody on your heart follow up with it you never know. Follow up. I uh, I can't tell you personally how many times. Uh, you know, I've told you a hundred times. I thought before I took this job that I knew what spiritual warfare was. I thought I was prepared. I had no, <laughs> no, no, no clue. No clue. And there have been many times just online that it's not something that, ask for prayer for necessarily it's not something that you would ever put on Facebook but just the the battles that come and God has quickened other people's spirits right to to call or just to send a send a text or hey you want to go have coffee you right. know just any little thing but somewhere right. along the way the holy spirit put me on other people's hearts when i needed it <laughs> and they didn't need details Probably didn't even share details when we went to coffee. Not, right. Not with a lot of them. But some of them just, hey, you just crossed my mind. I want you to know, you know, I I love you. Keep going strong.
0: Well, and and here's the other thing that you have to realize. Even Jesus mm-hmm. had tears to his disciples. He He took his disciples with him places. He taught lessons that they were all able to hear and do. But even when he went to have certain moments with disciples, there are some that were closer to him than others that he confided in more so than others, and that's okay too, yeah, you don't have to tell everybody everything that's going on. you know and you shouldn't um Connie's one of those people that knows a lot of what goes on with me if she doesn't know it right away, she'll know it at some point when we have a discussion. Um, and, and I'm hoping that I always hope that I'm that friend to my friends whenever I'm, I'm doing that as well, that they feel that they can speak and open their hearts to me and tell me anything and it will not shock me. It will not hurt me. It will not push me away and that I will not think that they are less than a Christian. I will just love them as Christ loved them, you know, and, and we need to be that friend to others.
1: I know, um. One of the ways the Lord has done that for me is just for several, I don't even remember when He really put it on my heart, but somebody was going through a trial and, um, you know, just letting them know I'm there. Letting them know I'm there. I don't, you know what? I'm available to you whenever you need me. You don't have to tell me a thing, <clears throat> you don't have to tell me what's going on. Just text me the word Jesus. Mm hmm. And I will know immediately. Right. That you need prayer, that you need me to intercede in your behalf, that mm-hmm. you need me to stand in the gap or stand strong with you. hmm And that's all I need to know. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. Text me the name Jesus. Right. And I have some friends that, that take me up on that. <laughs> right. And I'm thankful because I have friends that, man, I can just send, pray. Please pray. Mm-hmm. And that's where the power is because, look, here's the truth. When when we're in the middle of a battle, right. we may think we know what our prayer need is. Chances are, just like right now, we don't know mm-hmm. truth. We don't know truth of situation that we're in right now. And when we're in the middle of the, of a battle, a lot of times we can see pieces and parts, but we can't pull ourselves out of it far enough to see the big picture right? and if I'm telling someone what to pray instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to tell them what to pray
2: mm-hmm.
1: if they're praying for what I want them to pray for that may or may not be what I need it right. may or may not be what the Lord has for me so if I truly want people to pray where the need is I'll leave that up to the Holy Spirit as much as possible
0: you know as you're talking about that i started thinking about the movie um tornado you know cuz and and there's a reason for it when you're in the middle of the tornado yeah. when they were they were driving into the storm to get the data from the storm twister twister that's yeah. what it's called Tw- okay, twister yeah helen hunt yes
1: i'm with you
0: she drive they drive they're driving in there to get all that data out of it but to drive in there they had to have the other one stay back to be able to tell where the tornado was going and where their exit route was because they were too close. And, and, you know, even being in the truck, she's like, cow, <laughs> another cow. And he says, I think that's the same cow. <laughs> you know <laughs> Because at that point they just didn't know what direction was the no. right direction out. And, and there's been times where I've been in the thick of it and I'm like, I don't even know how to pray for me right now. To be quite Jesus. honest, I just don't even know what I need right now. Jesus. Sleep, sleep would be nice. <laughs> when when Allie had the twins and we were all here, it was like sleep, sleep would be nice. But you know, um, but then there have been unexpected blessings that have happened because what happens when you just say I just need you to pray and you don't give guidance to what you need prayer for the Holy Spirit supernaturally opens up so much more than you could ever imagine because you've opened your receiver up to receive more than you ever hoped was possible (laughs) that's just kind of who he is isn't that awesome our God is a great God my daddy's kind of (laughs) cool yeah You know, um, I also loved that after Sunday, the apostles went fishing. (laughs) Yeah. They went right back to living their lives.
1: They did, but not the same.
0: Not the same they were forever changed. And mm-hmm. and yes, Jesus showed up and did the miracles of the fish and then like they said he in the I love me, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? He was reinstating Jesus. Jesus was reinstating Peter at that point. He was he was getting Peter to realize his role and his purpose in being the rock, the foundation that the church was going to be built on. That yes, you may stumble and fall. Yeah. But there's still grace. You're still loved. There's still a place for you. Mm -hmm. And how many of us have stumbled and fallen in life? I know I have many times. More than three. (laughs) More than.
1: (laughs) More than three. More than three. But you know, I love that too because he, um, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Right. Feed my sheep. Right. Feed my sheep. It's not about you. Right. It's about others. But the whole scenario is while Jesus cooked them breakfast Mm -hmm. and then told Peter to feed his sheep. We can't give Mm -hmm. what we don't have. Right. The Lord feeds us so that we can feed others. It's not about us. It's not about promoting us. It's not about a platform for us. It's about the Lord sowing into us what he has for us To live in us and through us. And then us feeding others with that. Because if you're not spending time with the Lord and you're not in his word, then I can say, hey, Angie, you know, I'm rooting for you all day long. I can share my great intellect intellect with you. Be slim pickings.
0: (laughs) More than mine. (laughs) But...
1: What do I have that really offers you any hope? One thing, and one thing only. The love of Jesus Christ. He sows it into me so that I can sow it into others. End of story. And that's just, what did he win over death, hell, and the grave to do? To feed us. Right. So that we can feed others. That's what the whole, that's what living out a God-sized dream is about right it's it's not about us it's never about us it's always always about sowing life into others always
0: well and you know when he's telling them we we joked all week this week so quit hoarding the toilet paper it's not all about you it's not all about you and the toilet paper sorry Um, (laughs) but you know everybody talking about spraying and praying but are they really praying (laughs) The Lysol spray oh. and pray. I like, spray I and that. pray. But, um, you know, we we make fun of the disciples being told so many times. We talked about that earlier. But we've already talked about how we've been told multiple times. But when he goes and he talks to the disciples and he presents himself to the disciples. And then he presents himself to Thomas. He He goes in there. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe me and believe, you know. Here's the thing. They had something, a gift, John 3, 16. Mm-hmm. You have a gift that I'm giving you, yeah. you know. Uh, my only beloved son. <laughs> this is a big love gift I'm yeah. giving you. It's better than a diamond ring, girls. Yes. You know, yeah. And I'm giving you this gift Enjoy your time with him. Feed off of your time with him. Absorb from him as much as you possibly can. Because you have no idea the legacy that your involvement in these three years with my son is going to have. I mean, they couldn't even grasp the fact that he was going to come back from the dead. Could you think they would be able to grasp that 2,000 years later we would be sitting here talking about him? And them? And them. I mean. The most favored one of all. Yeah. <laughs> and the doubting Thomas. <laughs> oh. I mean, no, who would have thought it? No. And, and
1: we're in a microwave society now. We don't think about that either. No. We don't think that the decisions that I make today
2: mm-hmm.
1: affect my children. We might think that far. But we don't even, can't even fathom what the Lord has passed us because of us. Right. If we will surrender to what he's calling us to do.
0: Right. You know, Kim Slater had her surgery Mm -hmm. at the beginning of January, and she has had an opportunity to look internally both physically and spiritually during this journey
1: and i saw her on that podcast the other day yeah she is with god's help she is slaying
0: it oh yeah she is she's doing amazing she she has god gave her the word of the year this year as restart
2: and
0: that was at before January one came around in January 2nd, she had her open heart surgery. Right. And when I went and saw her the day after she came home from the hospital, she has a heart shaped pillow. And on there, the doctor drew, it has the, it's a heart, like a Valentine heart shape, a mm-hmm. uh, heart, but it has a picture of a heart medical wise on there. And it's what she could use to hold up against her incision when she went to cough, because it was going to be painful right yeah. but on there the doctor drew and showed her what he had done internally on her mm. so she could see scientifically what was done physically inside of her to open up her her get blood flowing better and it was amazing the day after her surgery days after her surgery just the color that was back in her that hadn't been there in Years, you know, and just not knowing how bad she was until it happened. But with that change, it's had overflow effect. She has lost weight. She has started eating healthier, making healthier choices, learning about how to fuel her body the right way. Learning that she actually likes to exercise, she doesn't like getting started. But once she started, she actually likes it. You know, so she can just get past that little bump of starting. It's like me riding the bike with Easton the other day in the neighborhood. We'd go to one driveway and he'd stop. So I'd have to stop my bike. And he was taking a rest. Like a six-year-old needs to take a rest. He was taking a rest. Then he rides to the next driveway and he stops. About the time I get my momentum going, I have to stop again. I stopped and started, I don't know how many times down just a block of my street, riding down the street and back. And that's the hardest part for me, too, getting started. Once I got going, I was on a groove. I was ready to go. To the next driveway. To the next driveway when we had to stop again. And Easton's like, I need a break. And he, ah, 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 ah. and I'm like, Are you serious? Do you need a break? He goes, no, I just don't want you to hurt yourself. (laughs) Boy, I'm about to whoop somebody. (laughs) But how hard is it that many people say the getting started is the hardest part? You know, and there's a quote by Zig Ziglar says, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Yep, If you want the greatness and the goodness of all that God has for you, you have to start spending time with him. It's the only way it happens. It's the only way it happens. And I told Mike, I said, I haven't dreamed much in the last year. I really can't tell you on a hand how many times I've dreamed the last year. I've been reading more intently this week. I've been reading my Bible the last year, but not not as ferociously as I have. Mm-hmm. In the last month, my dreams have woke up. And this week, they have gotten even more intense. Like, I wake up and I know the dreams I had when I was sleeping.
1: So, let me tell you. Back to Solomon. Right. That verse 15 says, he awoke and behold, it was a dream. So he awoke, and he got his little back to, butt back to Jerusalem where it belonged, and he offered sacrifices to the Lord, which for us is kind of the moment of decision. Are we or are we not going to be willing to walk out what the Lord has sown into us? So he awoke, and then. Right. That getting started, you're then. It's walking it out. Mm-hmm. His then was when, I mean, the very next thing, the two moms come to him, fighting over the baby right and he's like so he 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 had asked for understanding discernment and judgment so he walked back through everything they had told him and repeated it back to him so he had understanding he exercised discernment mm-hmm. bring me my sword I'll cut it in half not exactly the discernment <laughs> you and I would <laughs> right. think of but and it brought him to a point of judgment being able to see who the had the true heart mm-hmm. of a mom right. He walked out what God had told him in the dream. So he awoke, and then mm-hmm. you're in your then. Mm-hmm. He's already awoken you, mm-hmm. awakened you. However, I've been woke. I've been woke. <laughs> and you've rededicated to being back in the Word, right? And back into what it's all that He has for you in that Word. Then then he's walking you step by step it's just it's not difficult
0: well you make it hard and here's the thing i've been raised in the church yeah i've read the bible my whole life here's the thing i want people to understand there there are times that we let things come up against us that distract us and pull us and sooner or later things get edged out of our lives and sometimes it's our discipline to be as absorbing of god's word as we need to be Mm -hmm. so reading the bible is one thing but being being to where you're chasing after god is a totally different thing Mm
1: -hmm. and sometimes there are seasons
0: Walking yep. the neighborhood every morning just on a leisurely stroll is one thing. Walking the neighborhood at a five-mile pace for, in an hour is a totally different walk.
1: I want to go on the first one with you.
0: Right. But, you know.
1: But with Jesus, I want to go on the second one. Right. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's. It's Monday.
0: It's Monday. So now the apostles are going out, and they're getting to say, hey, mm-hmm. did you hear? mm mm-hmm. They're getting to be the CNN and the BBC and... Actually, they're the AD News. After Death News. Oh, I see
1: what you did there. Well, and I didn't, but I caught on.
0: It was the BBC. <laughs> broadcast Before Christ and the AD News. After Death News. They were the AD News. The Good News. They were the ones that were going out and... Hey, did you hear? Hey, our, you know, Jesus is alive. Hey, we've got this. Hey, come do fellowship with us. Come to our house. Come to our whatever. You know what? They said groups of 10, right? Mm-hmm. Home groups don't have to be larger than groups of 10. This is true. <laughs> you know, the maybe maybe God's trying to focus the bigness and the focus of the four walls of a church to us being the church in our bodies
1: yes little bit of temple
0: little bit of temple, little bit of temple. not tempo temple. temple you know I'm reminded I love this phrase of this guy that comes up to a pastor in the church parking lot he's like pastor so and so over here needs their electric paid and the church needs to pay it And the pastor looks at him and goes, okay, church, pay it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it's not the four walls. It's not the budget that looks all pretty. It's not, you know, how all of that flows. And if you've got the best worship service going on, if it's like a major production, that's not what it's about. It's about being in tune with the heart of God. And that's not a... Nine to noon on Sunday thing. That's an every minute of every day of every week thing. Yeah.
1: Because those disciples, if they had just heard of Jesus and heard the story of what had happened, their recounting it would have been drastically different. Right. But they knew him. They Mm -hmm. loved him. They walked with him. Him, they spent time with him. They saw how he lived in everyday life, which for him was was, was perfect. Those that walk with me in everyday life don't get that blessing. Mine's not <laughs> right, but they knew him right, and so our testimony cannot be the same if we don't know him on that level. Or if we've let the relationship get stale. Or if we're one step back and we know of him. And I heard this about this guy and that he did this and that that happened. Right. Instead of, like you said, being able to say, my Jesus. My Jesus. My Jesus did this. And I know it because he showed himself to us after. I mean, he showed up to what? Like 500 and something people. Right. Right after he resurrected so it's not it's not a secret right? but he came to those he loved first and they went with him to the others and it just we have to have that relationship you can't survive um, death disease (laughs) corona losing jobs fear you can't do it just knowing him One step removed. My pastor told me a story. My Sunday Mm -hmm. school teacher taught me this. My small group leader taught me that. You have to know him for yourself.
0: My um, mentor and friend, Mm -hmm. John Maxwell, right? He teaches us all the time. He goes, you may share a story that I shared with you. He goes, but once you get to feel uncomfortable with that story... He goes, you claim that story as your own. You don't have to say, my friend John told this story once. He goes, you've told it three times now. You've put it a part of your teaching. You can make it your story now. Yeah. He said, it's just like reading the Bible. He goes, Mm -hmm. because you're getting intimate with the details. Yeah. And he goes, and it's my, and he, he does a, when we do our international training twice a year, we didn't do it in March this year because of all of this. We had a virtual summit instead. But um, he does a church service on the third morning every time. And it's open to all the family members, all the visitors that come with the, the trainees and stuff. And it's a packed out crowd. And he always shares from his heart in the most transparent moments there. And it's always a good teaching. But he, he talks about... Being the one that Jesus takes to the mountaintop with him. You know, Mm -hmm. and Jesus knew before he got there, he didn't sit there and go, well, let me see. He already knew before he got there who he was going, who, who was qualified to go to the mountaintop with him. Because those who had spent time with him more intimately than the others. Mm Mm-hmm. And had paid attention more intimately than the others. He took those a little bit higher. And he still had time to himself to pray. But they went higher with him. And for me, looking and reading each of these stories. And reading the Easter story in each Mm -hmm. version of the gospel. Brought the story more alive to me. Because in the first three Gospels, it says Mary came back and got the other disciples. This has nothing to do with John and Peter going to the tomb. It says that Mary came and told the disciples that Jesus, Matthew, Mark, and Luke left out that John, Peter, had already gone to the tomb. John says, I'm writing my own chapter and let them know what happened. John lets them know. I was there first. (laughs) I was there. So, so taking the time and going and reading these stories, you know, one of the things, if you've been out of the Bible for a while, if you've been not as ferociously chasing after God as you should have been, um, start in the New Testament, read the stories of Jesus and find the versions of the stories in each gospel, because I said it the other night, I said when a police officer shows up at a crime scene, right? He gets witness statements. And he doesn't just go and get one witness statement if there's multiple people. He gets everybody's because that's how you can get a better complete picture of what happened, right? Yeah. That's what's going on with the Gospels here. Is you're getting multiple personality types with a different sense of vision. John was more in tune with the way people personally struggled through their decision making mm-hmm. where matthew was more analytical about it um luke was a little more colorful you know so each of them had their own perspective of which they shared the story and so if you're out there and you're ready to kick it off then get in there and read those gospels if not mm-hmm. We are starting in our Warrior Divas Facebook group a morning devotional every morning. Um, We'll have a Monday night discussion every Monday night starting um, in not this month. Well, this Monday coming up. We'll start it. So you can join and watch the Facebook live of the devotional in the morning. You can read your verses yourself. Follow along in that and then come back and discuss all of them for the week with us on that following monday night maybe we can get connie to come on and do some guest devotional uh, devotions for us uh straight from her study area at her house and her little happy spot she has and connie i just want to thank you for coming on today i know um Good Friday is a day that we like to observe, but it's also a day we like to just celebrate our Jesus. Yes. Yes. So. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I thank you again for coming. And for those of you, remember to tune in next week for another show of Warrior Divas, Real Talk for Real Women. And until then, you be blessed. Thank you.